Get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Get ready to listen. Block by Block Chicago. Block by Block Chicago. Block by Block Chicago. You are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio audios from Chicago Cultural Center. What kind of art do you make? Hi there. Once again, I'm Susan Friel, and I work here at the Cultural Center. I manage the learning lab and all the education and engagement programs. Um, for myself, I consider myself an um, advocate for lifelong learning and a learner and an artist myself. My work is really involved in uh, like synergies and bringing things together. So physically that looks like um, combining uh, found objects in sort of a sculptural element. I also like to draw and adding to those elements. So sometimes they look like little altar pieces that have doors and things that open. They um, could sometimes come like sort of like a toy-like aspect to them, parts that move. I like things that are, have have an invitation for people to touch. So in my professional work as an educator, I've taught in lots of different places and different environments, everything from LA Unified School District to um, remote parts of Ethiopia. And all of this, and, and also the CPS, is about um, kind of delving in and seeing where people are and kind of bringing them along on a path. So that's kind of what this learning lab is about. It's creating a space that's inviting, safe, really is an invitation to, to explore, to be playful, and not necessarily childlike so that people are like, that just, that's a kid's space, but just to kind of invite people to bring what they have and kind of like, you know, flounce down into a beanbag chair or go over to a board with a chalkboard or a magnetic board and kind of see what's going on. So kind of um, open, and inviting people like you guys to come in and give it a new life um, using what you do. So we're not prescribing it to be like, this is the only kind of space that where these things can happen. It's like, it's an open door, mostly, and um, allowing you guys to populate it in whatever way you want to. Yeah, I'm a huge, I really love to travel. And uh, I was in Argentina last year and the year before that in Cuba. And so um, I just have like weird random stuff from there that I haven't like processed through yet. So that's, I think, where I'll... Go next. Yeah, that's where I'll go next. And yeah. just kind of see where that... And again, it's like the funny thing. I go to like the markets and I buy like... like I bought a whole bunch of like weird um, can openers and spoons. And I just like random stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, actually when I was in Argentina, my son was there for six months working for an organization. It's called Club de, Repar- de Reparaciones. So they like have these clubs where people um, repair things and like community loses here in Chicago. So instead of like tossing things away, it's like finding a new life for it, a new meaning for it. And uh, I'm really interested in that. And um, two years ago, I guess here, we did a project with um, Monica Newland Kimry, who was from, works with an organization called Envision. And it's similar in that they are working with people who are um, developmentally disabled and may be seen as sort of like, sort of cast off a bit. So she uses like cast off materials, essentially yarn and um, fabric, and working with these people who were, um, you know, were really engaged in an artistic practice where in many places people who um, 
are kind of on the spectrum or not able to um, function at a, at a standard kind of job, they'll have them doing things like stuffing envelopes. You know, it's like if a repetitive process is interesting, why not have them knotting rugs for like hours on end, you know, and then you have something that's beautiful, right? Yeah. So I mean, that kind of concept is really a big interest to me. Uh, that kind of thing about, uh, you know, like leftover thoughts, leftover materials, leftover, how do, how do these two things or three or four things come together and become something new? That's really yeah. exciting for me. Cool. And that's actually kind of funny when I think about this because this whole space was basically, um, it's like the land of misfit toys, right? And, you know, it's funny because I actually went on an archaeological dig um, a number of years ago and um, what they said something that has like, just stuck with me, and I hadn't thought about it until you just said this, you know? They were like, <laughs> it was, it's kind of creepy, because, you know, like, they used to just do, like, these massive digs where they just, like, wipe out, like, a whole level of soil and go down and down. But now they have more sophisticated tools, and they can kind of, if this is the land that they're looking at, they can sort of guess or, you know, like, research and figure out, and they'd be like, we think the kitchen was, like, over here, and we think that there was a school over there. Yeah. And so they do these things where they make a dig, and they basically um, map out like a, an area that's like the size of a phone booth, you know, which is like maybe the size of this table or something. And then they just excavate, excavate, excavate like that, yeah. right? So just like they have this thing. And so we get, we get like dropped into like these holes, right? So you'd be like the bottom of this thing, which is like maybe five or six feet down, depending. Depending how long they've been working at it, right? Because they like, and you take these little like minute things and start, you know, take a little uh, dust bin, you put it into a bigger thing, and you're just looking for the tiniest clue. And you know, when you're doing that in the hot Colorado sun for like hours and hours on end, you know, they were like the thing that kept me going, and that I, you've reminded me of just now, is that they were like, it's not what you find, it's what you find out. Wow. Right? So it's yeah. like, you know, you might not find like this intact gold mask from something, you know, mm -hmm. but you either know, well, it's not here, <laughs> so you found that out, or you find like a little piece of something which is like, oh, it's a clue to something else. You're listening to What Kind of Art Do You Make? Since you said ask anything, I'm going to ask, what is your favorite flavor of Skittle? Skittle. First, what is Skittle? Uh, Skittle's like, it's like a fruit candy. Okay. It's like one of these, it's like a little fruit pellet. Oh yeah, what's that flavor? There's orange, there's green apple, there's lemon, there's grape. Okay, in general, I would prefer lemon over everything, so anything okay. like sugary. I like citrus. Candy. Yes, that's I'm right. A, I'm a citrus fan. That's cool, yeah. So, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever studied the brain? study the brain in terms of really looking at the brain itself. Yeah. Yes, I don't want to go to the details, but we will dissect human brains. Mm -hmm. And so when patients, they unfortunately passed away, and some, will, some of them will agree to donate their organs for the study, Science. to studies, and then Probably we that. as medical students will go into the morgue and go into the lab to dissect the brain yeah. into slices to see if we can find any pathological changes that can teach us something to build our knowledge on it. But when you looked at a brain, have you ever like wanted to throw up? Like... No, actually no. So back in medical school, and I know there's a difference between the medical education here in the States and where I came from, I came from China. 
but in general it's similar but we look at the, the morgues I mean the bodies and um, at that moment it's uh, we, of course we should respect the, the ones who donate their bodies but at that moment we will look at it as a teaching material rather than oh this is a dead guy no and uh, but of course we'll have to show our respect before we do the teach like classes but during the dissection and learning the anatomy you'll feel okay have you ever no you, oh, you will learn more when you choose to study medicine and if you're getting to medical school oh it's um flashy whitish so actually there's a uh, it's more of a pepper white I don't because I have a mini cooper which is pepper white it's not white and it's like um, kind of milky white that's the color of the brain so it's not pink wow it's not yeah. that pinky no but Oof. when there's blood on it yes it's kind you of you learn pinky. something every day have yep. you like ever filled a brain yes How it's pudding just pudding Oof. yeah it's a uh, pudding so that's <laughs> pudding. the first time oh gosh that's pudding it's soft spongy yeah, kind of. Feeling. This is like binge watching three seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and that's then right, eating right. a, like a goose liver sandwich. What inspired you to be like a brain doctor? Yes, that's a very good question. Actually, when I started off, I was a radiologist, and you were asking an interview question for me right now, so I'm going to elaborate on that. What I prepared. So first of all, I started off as a radiologist, and uh, among all the organs, because you know radiology, it's um. We look at the picture, the CT, X-ray, when you have a problem, you go to the scan, they run it, and we look at the pictures. And out of all the pictures, what I'm interested in the most is the brain, because it's symmetric, and it has this perfectly blending shades of gray. That's beautiful. What's and the, I, like, the worst, like, the grossest problem you've ever seen with a brain? Hemorrhage. Uh, hemorrhage is, when you're looking at it, it's terrible. And the moment you see it, you know, okay, there's a huge problem. And it's, um, you will not kind of expect a better outcome. And that's uh, hemorrhage itself. But most terrible, and which I'm most interested in, in the, is the brain tumor, oh. which is glioblastoma. It's kind of a technical term for it. It kind of like swells up and it has like... It's a huge tumor. And the nasty part of it, it's, it's actually one, on the, one of the episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. Dr. McDreamy's sister, I forgot her name. And she, oh, there's the, I think the OBGYN, she developed a brain tumor that's glioblastoma. Yep. And it will expand and kind of take dominant in your brain. So, so how long have you been like a brain doctor? I'm about to actually. I have never. I haven't started yet. So that's what I'm doing. This interview residency interview is to just to see where I will fit into the program and where I like the most, and if they like me, and I will end up there. Oh, uh, first you were just like a regular doctor, like not a brain doctor. Uh, first I was a radiologist. Radiologist is um, a imaging it's like doctor. Cat scans. That's right. You know a lot. It's all Grey's Anatomy, I assure you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You should watch that too. <laughs> you are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio Audios from Chicago Cultural Center. What are your names? I'm Mandy. And I'm Sean. And what are your names? I'm Nalia. 
Joseph. And I am George. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. So, what are, do y'all work? Like, what are y'all jobs? You want to start? Yeah, sure. I recently finished a software engineering uh, program here in Ooh. the city. And I'm actually looking for a job right now. So. It's really cool. And me, I'm an accountant. I work probably 10 minutes from here walking. We don't live around here, though. We live up near Evanston. You guys know where that is? Yeah, my friends live there. They're really nice. Oh, okay. But, so I take about a 30-minute, 30 35-minute commute to work every day. But that's not It's exhausting. <laughs> it depends on how crowded the train is. Oh. Yeah. And we take the train, so there's plenty of time to read and listen to music on the way. I wish I, had to, I got to do that, because all I do is, like... A walk to school takes me five minutes, so I can't mm -hmm. even like listen to one medium-length <laughs> song. Oh, I got a question. Uh -huh. like, what is your favorite book? My favorite book. Okay, have you guys ever heard of the Percy Jackson series? Yes, I have. So, Percy Jackson and the Olympians is my favorite <coughs> book series. Choosing a favorite book out of that entire series, I can't do. But I actually had her recently read the entire series. Uh, <laughs> when did y'all start like liking music? Ooh, that's a good question. I started liking music from a really young age. Um, when I was growing up, my mom always wanted me to be involved in a lot of different stuff. And one thing that she had me involved was was kinder music. So we learned about world musics. I built a cardboard dulcimer, and we played the recorder. Do you want to tell them what a dulcimer is? Yeah, so the dulcimer is the stringed instrument that you, you put on your lap, and you have this, this little stick that you hold to change what notes you're playing, and you strum it like this. Mm. And mine was made out of cardboard. It was still a pretty good dulcimer. Yeah, I think it's like really cool how those people managed to make like guitars and like violins out of cardboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like my cousin got like a foam violin, and it was just like one time I got to their house, and he was sitting there staring at the wall, banging his foam violin on the wall over and over. Oh. <laughs> Have y'all ever, like, played the piano? During college, we actually had to take... Well, you didn't, because she's she knew piano growing up. And, but for me, in college, as a music major, you have to take, I think it was two semesters of piano. And that is the only experience that I got. So I can do scales and five-finger patterns. Was it easy or hard to like learn how to play it? Hard. Very yeah. hard. It is one thing to play an instrument where you are only telling one hand to do something. And so for trumpet, all you need is the finger to do one thing. And every now and then your ring finger will come into play. But piano, you got to tell your feet to push down pedals, left hand to play your harmonies, right hand to play the melody. And sometimes they even change that up on you. So. Yeah, my sister makes it look so easy. Yeah. So exactly how did y'all meet? You want to? <laughs> sure. So we were both freshmen in college and we were actually both pursuing music performance degrees. And we ended up being in the same repertory orchestra. I was first flute and you were second, second trumpet? trumpet. Second trumpet. And so one day when practice was canceled, we went and we got lunch and we saw a performance and we've been friends ever since. Oof. So what do you guys do? Um, I do school. <laughs> I mean, sports activities. Hmm? What do you do? Um, I do gymnastics. I'm a self-taught gymnast. Cool. I sing and 
I'm going to school now in the fifth grade. I guess I like I like sleeping. I do sleeping. I understand that feeling. Uh, yes. I like playing basketball. Nice. I go to school, and at school, we do like music, music, but I do the trombone. Okay. Oh, that what it was called. Yep, the, the one where you... Yeah, it's trombone. Yeah. Push it all the way out. My wingspan ain't long enough. I <laughs> also understand that. Yeah, when I started playing flute, the other instrument I wanted to play was trombone. But my parents made fun of me and told me I could never play it because my arms would never be long enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted to play tuba when I first started out for a little bit, but I was not big enough to haul that around oh, with yeah. me. Well, it was the last year when I was in a music choir. Mm -hmm. I, I played the flute because I thought that it would be the easiest instrument to play. But it was actually kind of hard. So I mean, like, hard. I'm a percussionist, so I don't have yes. to deal with any of your problems. So. Oh, percussion's so hard, though. Like, Not really. Like, the first year we had to carry on giant cases with, like, snare drum. Like, we didn't have a bass drum in there, which is, like, thank God. But we still had a lot of stuff. Like, we had a xylophone, a bass drum. No, no, a snare drum. But then the rest, they just have their own instruments, and all mm -hmm. you really have to carry is your drumsticks, and then you don't even have to carry that because they, they have their own. How long have y'all been playing music? Let's see, 22, 12 years. Dang. So I've, I've been playing trumpet for 12 years. Four, I'd say four of those years were semi-serious, where I practiced maybe two or three hours a day, and then... The rest of those years was complete seriousness of practicing five to eight hours a day. When you started doing music, did you really like it? So starting out, it was more of a, I needed to get extracurricular credits and my sister played music, so I thought I would play music too. And then as I played it more and you become better at it, you get to play more kinds of music. So instead of playing the simple pieces of music, I got to learn about the different, more harder music, and that's what made me really love it. Were you good at the trumpet? <laughs> I was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank, you. Thank you for joining us. That was a lot of fun. You're listening to What Kind of Art Do You Make? A production of Block by Block on Lumpen Radio. What's your name? My name is Solo Redline. I'm William. I'm Joseph. So why do you like music? Because it uh, it keeps me happy at all times. Who uh like started making you well inspired to liking music? Who inspired me to like the music? Yeah. My mother and artists like Michael Jackson, Prince. Like what made you start watching them? My mother. So how long have you been making music? been making music for most of my life, uh, over 30 years. Well, do you have any other hobbies in music? Um, I like watching basketball. Like, do you like playing sports? Yeah, I like playing sports too. Uh, I like to play a little basketball, football every now and then. Have you ever been on the action team? When I was in high school. Who's your favorite player on the uh, football team? So did you start liking music because like you can feel other people pain and how they actually feeling or like did you just want to start? I like music because it, it, it makes people feel better. When people listen to it, it makes them feel good. So when you was younger, 
did you want to be a music? Did you want to be like a person that do music, or did you want to do something else? I always wanted to do music. So, what do you talk about in your music? Um, mainly reality. I only deal with uh things that's that's real, and uh, I'm 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 against uh, a lot of the negativity that's in music nowadays. So I don't promote the drug use. And, things like that I just uh, I choose to, to, to take hip hop back to when hip hop had messages so you rap about positive things yes so when you say that you wanted to bring like old hip hop back like for messages like what is your messages in your music my messages in my music are uh, to not be influenced by the new era or the new wave of drug influence and gun influence and gang activity. Who is your favorite rapper or singer? My favorite rapper is Tupac. Whoa. My favorite singer, I would say like Michael Jackson, Prince. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be Bobby Brown. <laughs> I like Bobby Brown, but uh, not like Michael Jackson or Prince. So, you like Tupac, like, did he inspire you? Yes, he inspired me a lot. Like, to rap about stuff that's going to be in reality, did he really rap about that? Yes, he did. Well, about hip-hop, like, now, who's your favorite rapper now? Now? In the new era? Yeah. I would say J. Cole. J. Cole. I really don't remember none of his music. If you ever had a, a another style of like music, what would it be? Probably R and B. R and B. What is R and B? Rhythm and blues, slow music, you know, singing. What is one of your kids' favorite sport for the video game? Like, what do they like to do on it? NBA, 2K, basketball all day. I have another child that actually loves. Uh, Roblox and Fortnite. Yes. <laughs> so, what are your kids' hobbies? One of them, um, she she's into uh, gymnastics. She she's a self-made contortionist, believe it or not. My son, he's a, a sports kid. He's a self-made vegetarian. They are special children, so. and they both learn how to interview. Hour. <laughs> was it really an hour? What I was like in you guys' ages. At, 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 I would say when I was uh, nine and ten years old, I was uh, inquisitive. I wanted to know a lot of things. I thought I wanted to be a photographer at the time. That was something I was really into. I used to look at all the camera books and photography books and stuff like that. That was my big thing. What is your favorite shoe brand? My favorite shoe brand? Yeah. I like Jordans. I don't have any on right now, but that's what I like. Well, what's your, like, what is your favorite style to dress? Hip-hop. How long did it take you to learn this? I have not been counting. I've just been looking at this, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to count it. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. One of them was a doctor, like, he uh, studied brains, and 
it was pretty cool to like meet him. Oh, the brains. He said it felt like pudding. Yeah, the, the color. He said like it was. Slime stuff you be making. <laughs> he said it was like whitish, but he said it wasn't really pink. Would you touch a brain? Uh, if I have to. I would touch a brain because when I grow up, I do want to be a doctor. But the other people that we talked about, there was two friends. They was engaged. They was recently finna get married next summer, and they like music too. Um, one of them like playing the trombone. One of them like playing the flute. So. No, it was trumpet. 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 Yeah. So, um, my question for you guys, would you like to come do this more often? Yeah. Yeah. I can learn, like, more. I like learning new experiences, so, yeah. You are listening to Block by Block and Lumpen Radio Audios from Chicago Cultural Center. What kind of art do you make? What do you do for a living? What do I do for a living? I am uh, a web developer. Oh. I work in the wonderful world of putting oh things boy. on screens. <laughs> Is there anything like very prominent that a lot of people would know about that you've worked on? Some ad campaigns, probably uh, 10 years ago, maybe people would know. What kind of like screen development do you do? Do you do like um, social media or game design or no game design unfortunately okay. but um, I do work on uh, in the advertising world which is big in Chicago um, what's the most recent project you've worked on uh, I work on a uh, web interface for an advertising company it's pretty exciting oh so you it, like it, to it pays you, the bills. you design you design <laughs> websites yes um, what kind of tools do you use? Do you use like Weebly or like Code? Or? We, we work in HTML and JavaScript and uh, we do uh, CSS for all of the styling and look and feel, which is my, kind of my specialty area. Do you have nice. to like memorize a lot of stuff to create that? You know, it's weird that you ask because I don't memorize anything anymore. All I memorize is the path to get to the information uh, the query string, if you will, that I plug into Google to, to get the information back. And then it's just stored externally for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hard drive. Yeah, exactly. How long do you, would you say that it takes to create each project? It, it varies uh, by a, a large degree, uh, from five minutes for the simplest program ever to 100 hours plus for something very complex. For instance, uh, Facebook and Google weren't developed yeah. in days. They were developed over years and years and years' time. So. How long have you been doing this? Uh, since I came to Chicago almost 20 years ago. Did you do anything like this in high school or college? I did not. I actually thought that I wanted to be an illustrator, and I got into graphic design from there, and then I got into animating for the web, and then I got into developing for the web. Do you still draw? I do still draw, and I do definitely, I'm, I'm married to Rory, who's a fantastic artist, so we have a lot of uh, creative projects that we work on at home outside of my job. Do you have a team that like you work with when you're creating each project? 
Um, at work, yes, absolutely. I work with the team, but at home, uh, I work independently. Have you worked on any with any other companies previously? Oh yeah, I've worked uh, for more than I can name right now. But, uh, Are you like a freelancer? I worked as a freelancer. Um, I worked in advertising. I worked for a short time on uh, children's games for the Nickelodeon channel. Oh, Nickelodeon! Long time ago. I, I love that channel. Yep. Any specific games that you think really you really like, enjoyed? I worked on some Rugrats uh, <gasps> oh, stuff, yes. which was pretty cool. Rugrats. That was fun. Oh boy. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was when, when Rugrats was probably still still running. So yeah. we're, we're, we're going know. back in time. I cannot remember the last time I've seen it. I think it was when, when I was like two. <laughs> it's a classic for you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to What Kind of Art Do You Make? This audio piece was created during the series Conversations, conducted in the Learning Lab at the Chicago Cultural Center. Audio produced and distributed by Block by Block, Lumpen Radio, and Youth Participants. This program, including workshop, broadcast, and podcast, was supported by a year of Creative Youth Microgram from Chicago's Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events.